0: Welcome to the Achieve Podcast. I'm your host, Derek Feldman, and each month we explore the research, strategies, successes, and even the failures behind some of today's best fundraising and marketing for causes. As we explore each one of these, we'd like to invite different types of guests that will explore their own unique takes on what really works today, and will leave us a little intrigued on what they're working on for the future. This podcast is supported in partnership with the Festival of Children Foundation. I'm excited to welcome my guest, Stacy Fiella. She's the Executive Director of the Woodcock Foundation, a progressive family foundation that supports efforts to improve the educational, economic, and environmental circumstances of communities in need. She has vast experience when it comes to foundation and nonprofit communications strategy and helping their grantees generate the public awareness and adoption for their social issues. Thanks again for joining us on this edition of the Achieve Podcast, and we welcome Stacey Fiala. Stacey, welcome. Thanks for being a part of this.
1: Thanks for inviting me to join you. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. All right. So I've known you for some time now, and of course, I have had the luxury of getting to know you. So before we dive into this thing that we call awareness building and capacity building support kind of stuff, why don't we start with a little bit of your background? So kind of give us the Stacy story, if you can, and how you got to where you are at Woodcock Foundation.
1: Sure. So I actually studied communications and psychology and then nonprofit communications as part of my formal education. But my experience with nonprofit communications capacity building has really been through my role at the Woodcock Foundation. And Woodcock is a progressive family foundation with a long track record of investing in all kinds of capacity building efforts for our grantees. And in particular, we've really invested in the development of high quality communications for the organizations we partner with. So as part of those efforts, I've worked on topics ranging from engaging organizational storytelling tools and things like techniques for increasing reach on social media, often in conjunction with different expert consultants who we bring in to support our grantees with that really high-level awareness and capacity.
0: Excellent. So here's, here's a question for you, because this is something that... I know goes through ebbs and flows of interest and support um, from the grant making community. I mean, I've been in conversations with a lot of other funders who would like to fund these kinds of things, but tend to focus a little bit on the programmatic support. How did how did you and the foundation, the family come together that and decided that this was the route to go? Why, why go this route?
1: I think it really, it's exactly what you just said, that there are so many foundations that are really focused on funding programmatic efforts. And what I've seen is that as organizations get off the ground, they're, of course, heavily invested in making sure their programs run well and smoothly and that they're getting the impact they're seeking. But then as they grow, the emphasis really stays on those programs and it's hard to find the right resources and to really uh, develop the right talent to build that interest and uh, attention to the communications team and the way An organization tells its story. And so they end up putting all of their resources into programs, but really losing a critical piece, which is telling your story well and engaging the public alongside your programs. And so Woodcock had seen that happen several times over with the organizations that we've funded as they've gone from really early stage organizations to that growth phase. And we saw a need to really invest in communications, which, of course, help an organization to continue engaging people, building more support for its work, and then continuing on that growth trajectory to implement their programs well.
0: Yeah, and I, and I suspect, too, I mean, this is uh, conversations that I have with funders or foundations that I advise or you know, privately have conversations with, it's sort of this deep desire that the grants they make or the investments that they have, have the public attention to care as well, so that they eventually you know, come in the role of being a supporter with them in some way, shape, or fashion. But it, I guess it just never gets there at times, right? Because there is that focus. You see that a lot then?
1: Right. I think when, well, for one thing, there are definitely funders that restrict funding so that it really only can be used for program sure, work. sure. But then you also have that question of nonprofits fighting for resources. Of course, they want to invest in communications, and it sounds like a good idea. But when they have to make that hard choice, between communications and programs, resources tend to trickle toward the programs instead of communications. And so what we've done is, you know, instead of taking away from the program support, we've carved out pockets of our budget where we can add on specifically for communications rather than taking some of that general support and saying that they have to restrict it to communications or to something else
0: right all right good well all right so let's let's kind of dive in so as as sort of somebody that sits up and sees all of these things happen I would also suspect from having a communications background you've seen some interesting things that your grantees have done where you're like I don't know to some really really positive things so I would say let's start from the beginning which is Uh, Why don't you talk a little bit about how most organizations, from your point of view, approach this sort of public support environment on the social issues that they're working on? How do they get the public's attention, most of the organizations you deal with?
1: Sure. It's a little hard to generalize, because you're right, I've certainly seen... I have to uh, do that a lot,
0: Stacey, with millennials, so (laughs) I'm just turning it over to you. Of course, of course.
1: Well... I have seen quite a lot of approaches, but I think an overarching approach that seems to be a common trend is to really focus specifically on the mission and goals of the individual organization and the activities that they're involved in, which seems like a logical starting place. But the problem with that approach is that we know from research, and this actually includes one of Achieve's millennial impact reports from a few years back, we know that young people in particular really tend to engage with the cause more so than the organization specifically. And so that would suggest that a better approach is really to contextualize the work and the organization. Inside the scope of a broader cause, and make sure that you're highlighting your connection to that cause across your communications, and continuing to draw threads between that cause and your work, rather than just talking about your organizational activities.
0: Yeah, and so in terms of this this broader issue interest, it seems though that that might be a tough role, right, for some organizations, because I suspect they would like to do that, but they have some people who say, "We got to get our name out there as well." How, How have you? sort of advised or guided some of the grantees or others you've worked with to say you can do both or you can elevate the brand while you elevate the message? How do you tackle that space?
1: So I think you can definitely talk about your organization and your name and your brand in a way that still is about the cause and not just about your organizational activities. Uh, You know, one of the strategies is really to talk about your work in a way that brings in aspirations that's linked to positivity and values alignment. There's a great communications firm called Hathaway Communications that recently worked with the Ford Foundation on a project called American Aspirations. And it's really about understanding how Americans want to see themselves, what they strive to be, and then building those values and goals into the story of your cause so that your audience really understands how supporting that cause will help them to become more like the people they aspire to be. And you can certainly tell stories about your organization and the context of that cause. It's just important that you don't get so caught up in the activities that you end up losing the, the context of the cause that people can sure. really get emotionally motivated by.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So what have you seen as sort of the right or wrong way to build this Public Issue Support and Adoption Awareness. Um, give us some lessons learned from doing this.
1: Yeah, I think positivity versus negativity is definitely one of them. Uh, it can be very easy to think that when you're talking about social change and causes, they're often in the context of hard work and scary things that are happening in the world. And it can be easy to fall back on a negative message. But we see that you can actually build engagement a lot better if you stay positive positive. And there's an organization I really love called the Solutions Journalism Network, and they focus on telling the story of social issues through the potential solutions to them. And, the, you know, the idea is really that we're often bombarded with news about terrible things that are happening linked to social causes that we care about. But what actually happens is that when we hear those stories, we have a shutdown response. So if you want people to engage instead of having that shutdown response, we can really start talking about social issues through that solutions framework to help people understand these are problems we can and should try to solve, and then also that they can be part of that solution. And this is actually a lesson I've thought, been thinking a lot about in the current context of the Me Too movement that we're living through. Because when it comes to gender equality and sexual assault, the conversation really tends to be very focused on the problem and often on blaming its perpetrators, which is, of course, understandable. But it's really hard to engage people and men in particular using that framework when the narrative is putting them on the defense and feels very negative. So I would love to see more storytelling on this issue about solutions to the problem and the ways in which men and women as well are participating in efforts to reduce instances of sexual assault and create more gender equitable environments, because I think stories like that could really go a long way toward engaging people in a meaningful way and, and building a real dialogue.
0: Yeah, absolutely. All right. So uh, maybe give us a few examples of some projects that you've worked on or been a part of through the foundation or, or on your own that you've seen some really interesting, positive uh, responses.
1: Another lesson that I've seen is really that it can be really impactful to talk about the end beneficiaries of the work that you're doing. They can be really powerful uh, protagonists of a story, as well as the storytellers themselves. And I think a few things happen when you really put your end beneficiaries at the center of a story. One is that it tends to invoke emotions and values in a way that just talking about your organization and its activities or outcomes can't do as well. It also really creates an automatic authenticity to your story that's hard to replicate because when it's told through the eyes of the beneficiaries or through the impact that it's had on them, it's different than describing impact uh, without that personal context. And then on that personal note, I think it really leads to a stronger sense of personal connection between your audience and the beneficiary or protagonist in your story because people like to be able to draw connections between themselves and the work you're doing and see themselves in that work. So, uh, there was a really great campaign recently by Acumen, which is an organization that does impact investing to combat pa- poverty by supporting businesses that are providing products and services that help their lives. And that was a mouthful, and it's complicated work to talk about. <laughs> but they had this really great campaign that was about um, the face of poverty and dignity. And it was a, a photojournalism campaign where they had giant close up Uh, face shots of the people who really have benefited from the businesses they're investing in. And then they had stories alongside them that were similar to a humans of New York type approach to storytelling. And I think having those faces up close and personal and really making the story of their work about their end beneficiaries in a way that they hadn't before really drew attention it was it was up on billboards uh right in Times Square in New York as well as all over social media and they had a micro site attached to the campaign as well and I think just really being able to put a face up on a screen like that and allow people to connect with the work you're doing through those people in a very human way uh just you know goes a lot farther than again, some of that impact reporting, more data-driven approaches that have become common in a lot of places these days.
0: Talk to me like I am, an organization that's struggling with getting the public to support. I mean, what is sort of the first step that my organization and our board should take? Any, any ideas immediately that come to mind?
1: We, When we were working, I mentioned Hadaway Communications. They're a firm that we worked with in the past on a handful of different initiatives to help our grantees. And one of the first things is really they talk about not just um, having a communications team, but being a communicating organization. And that's really about making sure that everyone from the actual communications person to your development team, to your CEO, to the program staff on the ground are all on the same message and talk about this work in the same way. And I think, you know, when you talk to different people across an organization, you get a very different sense of what the work is and what it looks like. So I think really some initial just brainstorming and communicating within a team can go a long way to start thinking about how you talk about your work. Um, and then there are a handful of lessons from there. Hadaway has a really great framework that's uh, available online that really talks about having Your problem and your solution clearly outlined in the story that you're telling, and then having a relatable protagonist who, in your story, is really achieving his or her goals by being part of your solution. And that's connected to the aspirational communications uh, narrative that I was talking about. But I think it's valuable for organizations to look at that framework and walk their own story through it, because I actually very often see that Organizations are so closely in touch with the work they're doing that they forget that other people don't really understand the problem that, the way right. that they do. And so that starting point is really about making sure that you outline the problem in a clear way and then also attaching a sense of urgency to it so that your audience feels a strong sense of need to act now. Um, and then using your protagonist and the values that you're instilling in the story to really inspire and motivate people to support that cause because they have a sense that that being part of it will help them to become more like the people they aspire to be.
0: You know, through the years, I have discovered both through the research that we do and some of the groups that we work with that, that a lot of this comes down to not necessarily putting yourself in the shoes of who you want to act or even the beneficiary, that a lot of this is talking to high level stakeholders all the time and so on. Do Do you find that as well in a lot of public campaigns, or is this just maybe something I've encountered?
1: No, I do find that. But I, th- I think there's a difference between uh, the story that you tell and the way you communicate and position your organization if you're looking for a large grant versus if you're trying to engage the public. And I think it goes back to that, uh, the ladder of engagement and where you're starting. Um, and I think in the social sector, there's been a little bit of a pendulum swing between really having those values-based emotional arguments and having really strong measurement and impact data about the work that you're doing. And both are very important and play a role. But I would say whether you're talking to, you know, whoever's your general public audience or a high net worth donor, starting with that emotional argument and that values-based appeal is really the place where you have to hook them first before you can launch into data and, you know, some of the other right. uh, more metrics driven information and statistics that you're going to share about the work that you're doing.
0: Yeah, absolutely. All right. So uh, we got a few minutes here, uh, actually less than that, but uh, tell me a little bit more. I, I mean, let's kind of talk about the future part of all of this. Where do you see this going? I mean, a lot of things have changed in media in, in the last several years. How we consume information and so on. What are you thinking about the future when it comes to getting the public's attention? I
1: think a lot of the principles of storytelling and cause engagement that we've been talking about here will continue to hold true in the future. But as far as trends, we know that, you know, the online world, social media have been playing an increased role in every facet of our lives. And through that, I see cause engagement becoming even more social and organic and network-based. And when I look at the way, you know, the way someone in, um, might be making decisions about what charities to get involved with, what kind of nonprofit causes really resonate with them and how they evaluate the work that's being done, you have resources like Gu- Guide Store or Charity Navigator that have a system in place. But then you also have sites like Kickstarter for crowdfunding And I can sort of imagine a new type of social media that has some of the elements of those sites, but also draws from sites like Yelp and from existing social media platforms like Facebook, where you really have more interactivity between an organization or a a cause that a campaign is working toward and the audience they're trying to reach. And where, you know, where people can be leaving reviews about their interaction with an organization or a cause and people are relying on peer feedback to make their decisions. And I think related to that is the concept of influencers. I think we're really going to see the trend continuing to grow of using influencers to spread messages. And that can be either, you know, paid or organic tactics for getting influencers on board with your message. But I do think they'll be playing an increasing role and making sure that you have the right influencers, you know, whether or not it's a celebrity or a, a public policy figure, But making sure that those people authentically identify with your cause and therefore would also have an audience that identifies with it, I think that's going to be really critical for the future of cause engagement and awareness building. But then, you know, at the core of it, I think while we'll be seeing more feedback loops and transparency and accountability between causes and audiences, I do think that those values and emotion-based storytelling tactics will always really be a cornerstone of engagement.
0: Yeah, 100% agree. Thanks so much. I really appreciate it, Stacy. Good, good thoughts here because I think we're all in this day and age trying to figure out how to get the public to become aware, adopt, and support the issues that are so important to all of us. So thank you.
1: Thank you. It's been fun talking through it with you.
0: Well, that's it for this edition of the Achieve podcast. I want to thank Stacy Fiella for joining us this time and talking about nonprofit communications and getting the public's attention. We look forward to having you next time as we discuss the ways to generate public awareness, adoption, and support for the issues that you're working on.